Welcome back to another episode of Young Not Dumb Not Broke. We are your hosts, Stephen Corner, the mortgage man from Glass Financial and... Joshua Mason, Quad Dining and CL Wines. We have our most interesting guest on to date. Her name is Valeria Sizova. She moved to Australia when she was 17. Since then, she has a catalogue of achievements and qualifications that I don't think can be matched at her age. She has one Miss Russia Australia. Boom. Miss Swimsuit Australia, Miss Multiverse World Title, Miss Elite Australia. She's also been a dancer performer for the past 11 years. Also a director of I Crave Dance Entertainment Studio. Also a Russian school teacher, Russian language teacher. Also project management. Also everything that you could ever imagine. So thank you for coming on, Valeria. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much and thank thank you you for such an amazing introduction. I just learned a lot about myself. (laughs) (laughs) So... How do I pronounce your full name correctly? And to the listeners, we tried this before and we epically failed. Did so not work. can you please tell us the full name that we sat here and looked at you and went, oh, sorry, what? So what is the full name? Yeah, I just hope this time it's going to work because otherwise so there's no point to run this production, you know? We're ready. <laughs> so my name, my, my name is... That was so serious. Sizova Valeria Vladimirovna. And if that's the only way you can refer me for today's podcast, that would be lovely. Yep, we would we would do our absolute <laughs> best. Gold, <laughs> what do I do? Like, oh my god! I just won't say oh, anything all episode. God, I tell you, you what, Josh. Yeah, I tell you what. I just swallowed my own stomach just then. I was so nervous. Um, we can go as Aussie as possible. You can call me V. V. I yeah? like V. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. That was my. Favorite energy drink back in the time. Was it? Until I quit and got into a healthy lifestyle. The, the green one? Yes. Oh. So what's your favorite energy drink now? I don't drink any. Okay. Coffee? You know, I'm, I'm getting older now. I have to keep up with, oh, yeah, with the, the younger The ripe generation. age of 30. So drink, old everyone. Oh do you my drink God. coffee? I do. Yeah. Trying to quit it, but that's probably the hardest one to quit. And why are you trying to quit it? Because we've had multiple discussions about this over other podcasts. And for me, it's a big no-no. But why are you trying to quit it? Trying to quit it because if I start it, it's very addictive, obviously. So once you start, I can't finish. So if I have mm. one coffee in the morning, it will go into four or five. And Ooh. you can't really keep a balance Correct. of, of, uh, of you, like you either drop it completely. Yeah. Or if I have a little bit, I'll have more throughout the day. So it's mm. easier not to have it at all rather than. And I, I guess that spans back to our conversation we had on another podcast. What's more important, control or letting go? So it's a hard one. Yeah. So sometimes is. you need to let go to create control. But exactly. anyway. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, we have got the most impressive resume from any of our guests. And unfortunately, all of our guests have been males. So the, uh, we like uh, males only give part of the story. Females tend to give all the story. So we've had the pleasure of reading all this. And um, we want to know a little bit about you because having a big list of achievements behind you means that there was also a greater story. And um, typically the people who have achieved more have usually had a lot of doubt a lot of misfortune, uh, a lot of people have had a lot of failures. So this has been the biggest fuel in their life moving forward. So where did it all start? It started, I would say, what I wrote also, guys, to you was um, something that I usually don't do and I I reckon I would encourage people to do so because then Mm. you kind of started to appreciate that you're not that really behind Mm. because I think a lot of people living their life thinking they haven't done enough and I'm struggling with exactly the same issue of thinking that I just 
I, I haven't achieved enough of things. When I was writing it down, I was like, you know, actually, we're not going too bad. Could be better. Like there is a way to improve. Everything but can be better. But yeah, exactly. So, but with my um, story, it's all started um, me growing up in the very small village. Like we literally have one school, no escalators, two levels on the on the streets. So I've never seen like a a proper. And where sky. was this village? Where were we? There was paint um, the picture for us and the viewers. Okay, so you've got Russia. This <laughs> 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 big. big the biggest. Biggest? Oh, okay. Ah, yeah, it is the biggest. Yeah, it is the biggest t- territory. Yeah. yeah, it is big. So I was from the far east of Russia, which is the Asian side. So I okay. am um, the borders with China. Yeah. Oh, I'm really? like one hour and a half of flight from Korea and two hours uh, to Japan. So oh. very Asian influence. Yep. So all my sweets and treats and everything, I was it was all Asian treats. So when I came to Australia, yeah. I, was, I was going to my Asian shops just to get my favorite sweets because that's what we used to. Over in Chinatown, yep. Yes, <laughs> not just China, like yeah. everywhere, literally. Like it's it's very um it's very influenced. So um, in the village I was growing up, it was like a military village. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our own like a military um, airport base where a lot of training is done and a lot of soldiers having their base. Yep. And um, that's where I was growing up. So it's a little bit rough looking. If I give you some photos, you might cry. But it's just... Uh, Maybe. Not <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, it's really bad. I think, I think Stephen will cry. I That's why cry. when I came to Australia, I, I was praying for yeah. the for, for the beautiful scenes I'm, mm. I was going through. But um, that's where I started. And I was I was growing into a very conservative, strict family. My father um, was working in police force for over 30 years as a marshal in criminal affairs. So we've been travelling in different cities and towns with him so i changed like four schools and when i was growing up at the age of 16 my father asked me if there would be any country that you would like to go to and study english and i would, i would ask why do i have to go somewhere now because i've been so restricted with my movements i had a uh, driver to take me to good groceries and stuff and right. no sleepovers no friends allowed and just very very boring childhood i would say mm. and then he just turns around and say Pick the country, go study, come back with English and, you know, solve the country. I was like, okay, Dad, you told me I'm going to do it. So I had a choice between uh, England and Australia. And I went for Australia because I went here when I was 15 for um, three weeks to study English. Mm -hmm. And I just felt super comfortable. People are lovely. You don't feel like like an immigrant because everyone's got a cultural background. Mm -hmm. So even though I didn't speak a word of English, I felt super comfortable be, be he, being here so um, I didn't have to think much they bought me one-way ticket and then I ended up um, here in Australia to study English to start with and um, I remember my very first day um, when they said you're going to have a host family because you're under age of 18 so you've got a, a beautiful Australian family who's going to pick you up from airport um, they will look after you and they will help you out with English and you know just getting you around and I remember I got into um, airport there was no one to meet me and then uh, I tried to get through the taxi driver to explain where I need to go it was Balmain back in the time but for me it was a Balmain (laughs) (laughs) I was screaming out to get me to Balmain (laughs) the guy couldn't figure out what it is and then I have to find emails and he got me there and it was 
beautiful, amazing Vietnamese family who didn't speak a word of English. Oh. So the oh. level of English was matching to mine. But the blind <laughs> so meeting the blind, right? Oh, it was a blind date. Wow. And it was like uh, 12 international students living in the same house as well. And I remember for two months, since I was from village, I couldn't figure it when I was taking ferry to Circular Quay. When I was coming back, why the same ferry doesn't take me to Balmain, it takes me to like Mendley and other stuff. I didn't know there's like a few wharfs. That, that you enter, but no one would be able to help me out. And every time I was supposed to come back at 6 p.m., I would like end up at 11 because it take me a while <laughs> to take all my rides to get to the same spot. Wow. But it was pretty cute. That's yeah. awesome. That'd be extremely difficult to pick up everything and just move countries. What was the bigger motivation behind all of that? Yeah, I think my parents kind of prepared me for the worst in terms of moving cities all the time. So in, you know, like these days we have a luxury of a family member can talk to each other to make a decision whether it's like changing schools, it's a big deal. Uh, a father's talking to a, a mother and then they're talking to kids. In our culture and when I was growing up, it was super strict. If the father needs to go, there is no discussion. You just pick your staff move forward and you make new friends if you can't make new friends shame on you try harder you know that that was kind of the the that's how i felt so when i when i moved to australia there was not such a thing and i was like oh my god how am i gonna make new friends i knew i'm gonna make new friends yeah, wow. the hardest part was for me that i am naturally very happy person and i like to like make jokes and be happy and have friends mm. I wouldn't understand a joke. I wouldn't be able to laugh. So oh, my right. first like ever jobs, people would just ask me like, "Do you have a war in your country?" Or like, "Why are you so, why are you so stiff?" That's the Russian mentality. Anyone goes, "Oh, I'm doing business with the Russian." Everyone's like, "Ooh, yeah." Damn. It's the accent, but deep inside, we are pretty nice people. Like considering, well, you're, just, you're well, just people, right? Yeah. yeah, everyone's just people. Yeah, they just live in a different country. Exactly. So that, I guess, that was the hardest, just to find friends. I was just missing the moment of trying to talk to someone and then, like, have a laugh. Usually I was just like, ha yes. And that's, how, and that's how you looked at me before about your name. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I was I trying to act serious, academic, confident, yeah. serious, you know, like. Yeah. Okay. So, so how many so how many we, years in Australia now? So you're here at seventeen or sixteen? Um, from seventeen. Seventeen. I just literally turned seventeen, so and then thirteen four. years in the country. Yes. You got here. You started to learn English. You had your struggles. Um, you're in a in a home of twelve Vietnamese people who yeah. also didn't speak English, but. If they you see know. me, I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she starts busting out Vietnamese. <laughs> like, be good. You know uh, what? It's, it's so many embarrassing stories with my English and how I would come around now looking at it. And I was like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. I don't know if it's uh, plus 18 plus TV show. <laughs> Is it? Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. I remember I was at Taylor's College. It's a college you have to study before you go to University of Sydney. Mm -hmm. And I was late for my class and I was like, how do I explain? Because if you are um, late for 50 minutes, they're not going to give you attendance. But as an international student, if you don't hit attendance over 80%, gone from the country, within seconds they give you 28 days to leave and there is no way around it. But because I had like three jobs to pay for my um, studies and uni, yep. I would just have to, I just had to miss it. So I was literally on like 81% and I'm going to this class 
And I'm so late. I was like 20, 25 minutes behind. I was like, oh my God, what do I say? And I had my massive, huge dictionary with me everywhere. I didn't have like a modern one because mm. in our village, they, they didn't sell this super cool um, e-books or whatever it is. So I had my huge dictionary and I was like, okay, I have to explain that I got stuck into intersection and it was like buses and I was very close and I couldn't get there. And I'm walking into the class and I'm saying I uh, got stuck and I had a intercourse and... <laughs> The, uh, I, I couldn't make, I couldn't come earlier, <laughs> and I'm, I'm so sorry. And oh. teacher looking at me, laughing. The half of class <laughs> understood, oh, some of them didn't, and I, I was like, oh my god, what? That, that, that was fine. That wasn't that bad. Yeah. I sat down, and then my one of my Russian friends explained what the hell I just said wow. out loud. <laughs> But you got away with it. So yeah, the teacher the way thought I you were having a wild ride before you got in there <laughs> and that you just needed to finish before you came. Wait, that's amazing. It's horrible. <laughs> How you know good is the language barrier? <laughs> Let's go. Sometimes it works in your favour. So congratulations. Yeah, definitely. Definitely work my way. <laughs> it's still I'm laughing at him. No, oh, yeah. I'm laughing at this guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I could just imagine that, what, that, that situation. Oh. Someone's coming here going and just busted out that line. I would have been there while... What the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> so you're working oh. three jobs. What type of jobs were they? Cafes, restaurants, yeah. So like I that? started as a waitress. I thought that was the best job to start. And I feel like now in common in in our society, I think the first job having a waitress job or like hospitality is the best way to start your life because you can learn how to talk to people and stuff. And yeah, tell all the young ones so they can come work for me in this my restaurant. Yeah, please. tell all of them. Yeah, yeah, no, they so have to. That's like the best way. You entering is so many different personalities. You're dealing with so many people. Like mm. if you can sort out the problem with with this with the with and the multiple problems level. and stuff. It yeah, yeah, and it's just fast uh, fast paced environment. Like Hear that, you, kiddies? You're hearing it from the best. Come work for me. <laughs> I, I probably well, I I got fired like probably What's twenty wrong with times you today. You're off. You're off the rails today. <laughs> just came mate. from the gym. I'm on pre workout yeah. still. <laughs> Um, so, Ugh. cafe, any other jobs? Yes. So, I was, oh my God, I, I've got my actually passport now. I was illegally working as a door girl in a nightclub at yeah, right. King's Cross. Yeah, awesome. So, the managers yeah. were taking me home, driving me safely back, but I shouldn't be there under age of 18. But I started there as a door girl. Yeah, wow. And I had my waitressing. And that's why I picked up a job because I couldn't speak English. So, I was working as a Russian teacher at the, um, it's called now. It's like on Pitt Street. It's like the main um, place where you learn different languages. Okay. Yeah. So right, I was sure. there as a Russian teacher. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So then you finish all you finish college, and then yep. you go to uni. Yeah. So I picked the University of Sydney. Yep. Which is um, one of the most prestigious in the country. So yeah, I actually the only reason I picked it, I googled it, and it looks like a Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> castle. And I was like, I I don't know where else I would go. UTS looked so ugly. I'm so sorry, I was studying there. Yeah, so dude. when I looked at it, I was like, no, nah. you know all what? About the visual. And you know what's funny about University of Sydney as well? They actually have Quidditch tournaments there. Did you ever see a Quidditch tournament when you were there? Oh man, I was working my ass so off. So people run around on brooms with yeah. balls <laughs> and they play Quidditch on the floor. Yeah, so oh. when I was looking at unis ago to the day I went to University of Sydney, yeah. there was two teams like in Harry Potter and yeah. they had the, the circle rings and they were running around with brooms within their like, oh and then God. this guy oh in a yellow suit yeah. Comes out as a as the snitch <laughs> and you have to try and catch him. Was it during the day? What yeah. The fuck? 
They were not drunk. No, what are you, no what are you, not you, under people no. doing? <laughs> There's a proper subculture for it. They're probably art students. I don't know. Jesus. They have time. <laughs> they need to have time for it. Yeah, I know. They've already finished their uh, painting love, in the morning and they've got nothing to do in the we afternoon. We love art students. Bachelor of <laughs> Arts. Well, my degree is arts because it's, it's yeah, under the... I was going to say that political science is one part of the arts. Yeah. So I, I went for a double degree studying law and political science, majoring in government and international relations. And then after a year, I couldn't pay for law degree because it was 45 grand per semester. Correct. As an international student, you have to pay in advance for each semester you start. So before, uh, until you pay, you're Correct. not enrolled in. So mm. well, they said to go into the political science degree, it's only 32,000, right. which was still a lot, but it was definitely doable to get mm. through. But it was, it was probably the hardest because when parents sent me over, they didn't realize how much it would cost and then russia faced a uh, economy crush completely wow so they had just very bad times and my parents wanted me back because they knew they weren't able to pay for it and then i just told them you know what australia is so easy i'll just get like some 20 hour job a week and i was like they just the, the payments are so high like the salaries are awesome i'll just pay it off quickly so that's pretty much where i started to work everywhere to to get myself through wow that's incredible as well because you said 40 grand a semester so every, every six, six months, months in advance and how universities in australia actually make their money is off international, international students. students especially university of sydney or unisw correct they're huge and that economy really based on this international students are correct. paying such a high rate the same price for someone here paying that course is probably only 10 10 to 15 a semester. Yeah, it was like $500 per unit. Yeah. And mine was 4000 for exactly the same unit. And wow. then if you if you don't pass it and you go below 50, you have to redo the do whole thing. That was like <laughs> yeah. a worst nightmare. Um, but Did you know what? They were, they were super nice to me. I, I only had once where I couldn't pay on time. And I just use a very bad technique to, to get to uh, extend my, uh, my payment plan. And I felt so bad about it, but because I'm half, I'm half Ukrainian, the last half one Russian. Was great. I want to hear this one now. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm half Ukrainian, half Russian, and uh, I don't remember what was the situation back in the time, but I pretty much said, was it a Malaysian Airlines crushed over the one that disappeared? Yeah, like yeah. it was very bad times, and. I just, I, I, I went to Dean and I, and I was trying to knock on the door and I said, but you can't just see Dean, like you have to make your appointments anyway, what, what it's regarding. I said, it's regarding my fees. I'm just struggling with my family in Ukraine and Russia. And I was like, I really need to speak to someone about it. Mm. It's very serious. And I was like, oh, okay. We were trying to figure something, to figure something out and about three hour wait, I get to the Dean's office and I said, what's the problem? And they said, well, you know, like I, I work and I, I pay for my uni fees myself, but with situation that they have in Ukraine and Russia, I, I had to send my money to my um, relatives. So I sent everything and I have, I have nothing to pay for uni. And I started to cry. And I, I'm not an actress, but I, I reckon after that case, I was really close to put it on my Instagram 
saying that I'm an paid <laughs> <Yeah>. actor because <laughs> I cried myself out because I think I cried because I couldn't pay. <laughs> but they thought I cried because I sent all my money to my relatives. Yeah, yeah right. So they gave me extension for like six uh, months, which is a lot. Wow. And they gave me a loan as well on top of it, like a couple of grand. But it was like a massive help. And somewhere in Russia, you don't expect that. Like unions don't do that. Mm. Like it's a much better system here in Australia. And even through I'm an international student and no one really cares because you just have to pay up front. They still... Um, ended up helping me, giving me the loan and giving me extension on top of it, which I never actually believed that could actually happen. But wow. that was one of the probably best moments at uni, knowing that, you know, even through um, international, they still looked after me and helped me out, even through I lied a little bit. Well, yeah, you, you, at the end of the day... but You, you finessed you, Sydney University. Yes, <laughs> but hey, you, you, created, you created the opportunity um, and you went out there, you, you expressed your concern, you communicated it and you yeah. tried to get an outcome. And you did that. A lot of people these days will just fold. Yeah. They just fold. They go, I give up. So at the end of the day, you know, if things aren't doing well, you have to communicate them and try to find an alternate outcome. Yeah. There always is an outcome. Yeah. It doesn't matter exactly what it is, but as long as it's not the one you're in at the moment. There will be a door that will open up somewhere, but you have to access that, yeah. that room and find the doors. All right, which one's going to open? Did you so enjoy uni? I wouldn't understand the tasks when they were giving out to me so during <laughs> exams what happens is because it was a political science course i would look at the country of a discussion through the question and i would look like i don't know anything mentioned in english that i would know or like a date and i will figure out what they're talking about and i will write everything that i know in regards to this topic so and how they they um assess you is they give you plus and minus like if particular point were mentioned so because i was writing everything i know about it and i would just learn everything by heart i would understand the word what i'm saying but i just as a kid since i was growing up i would have like a photographic memory i will just remember everything by heart i will write everything that i know and i'll have my ticks and pluses and minuses throughout the assessment so i would i would always pass them I would just would have no clue of what they exactly they're asking yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Like now I'm like at doing my TAFE course and I was like, it's so amazing when you can actually understand what they're saying, especially mm. during debates. Because during debates, I the only thing I was good at was dates. Like with dates, you know, like Second World War, whatever the dates they're discussing, I just knew each date and months and stuff. Mm. And then with all my Aussies around me, they would ask me for a date and I would like say out loud like, 1941 and then they continue the conversation and they do debates because they knew i have no <laughs> idea what to say but they were like so you, remember, you remembered all the facts i just remember the facts but and you then, didn't know what the hell was for uh like the la like i knew what, like what it's about yeah but sure. i just couldn't like a, a, have a proper phrase and like with the debates the the guys are awesome like whoever studied with me mm. super smart uh, going to this degree like you're not mm. supposed to be an immigrant like me so the guys were already prepped and good enough to have debates and i love debates just like anywhere i go i just i just love debating and communicating and talking about something mm. where at that particular case the guys were obviously doing the job for me because there's a lot of team building activities and stuff at uni um that was my way to go i'll say the date and then the rest and all the teachers too were pretty nice to me considering that i would understand half of what they're saying awesome so when you finished uni what did you get into then you got your degree i've got my degree then realized it was a big waste of time <laughs> and money 
<laughs> because I what love happens, where this story is going. <laughs> what happens is if you decided to go to the back bench is what this degree gets you to. I think Scott Morrison's got the same um, second d- double degree. He, yep. he did law and political science. Yep. You go to the back bench and you start from there building it up. You can't go to the back bench because you, if you're not a, uh, a citizen for several years, I not only am I not a citizen, I'm not even a permanent resident. I'm like right. just like a poor international student, student yeah. 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 that barely can speak yeah. English. So it was like a, the worst decision ever. I just did it because I love it. Mm. My whole family have got law degrees and I just always had interest in it. But moving to another country, because no one helped me out and sat down with me and saying, what are you going to do? I just did what my family was doing. So I was like, yeah, if they did it, I can do it. But I obviously didn't realize there's a little bit of a compli- complicated moment learning English and speaking English or whatever they're asking you to do yep. <laughs> <laughs> in this country. So that was my uh, major, I guess, issue because I would have picked something else just to get my life easier later on to get my residency, which took me like 12 years to do. Wow. So um, after that, I just got into work pretty much straight away. I was working as receptionist, administrative job, and then I got into human resources very randomly, and that's where um, it got to the working sponsorship visa, 457, where you can actually apply a couple of years working in the company to become a permanent resident. Okay. Wow. Wow. And with in human resources, what were you doing in terms of human resources? Were you like firing and hiring people things like that yeah so that was another interesting story <laughs> i i i was <laughs> i was hired oh as a receptionist yep. in a very new company in the middle of city beautiful building and i was like oh my god i work in the skyscraper wow <laughs> <laughs> i go and then press the lift and it was like instagram moment <laughs> yeah like something 20 levels above i was really oh, happy wow. so when i got into the receptionist job that was like this is a dream job i'm not moving i'm going anywhere and i worked there for like three weeks and i was doing because it's very new company and they were working on like building up the database of clients and stuff so instead of me going to reception saying hi welcome um, to our company, how can I help you today? Or picking up the phone. Um, I actually were creating a database, putting it on an Excel spreadsheet. I was giving it to the to the director and I said, listen, today, instead of me just sitting down saying hello, I was actually getting their emails and phone numbers mm-hmm. and I created a database. Um, I got their names in and I think that would be cool to use it for like marketing purposes because they had a call center as well. And to do cold calling, it could be very hard with marketing. Australia don't really like it. They like a bit of a personal touch to it so I started to create a database and then I just gave them a few suggestions of what I could have done from a customer perspective and they just asked me you looks like you're like very good with people would you consider to get into like human resources and I was like oh, no problem not a problem at all so they gave me a separate office so not only I'm on level 20 and above uh, I had my own private office after three weeks wow. and I used Google to figure it out what I have wow. to do in terms of because they didn't have human resources they used agency before yep. um, so they needed internal human resources stuff so the only position was available is human resources manager so I got in the job and yep. I literally learned everything off Google like yeah. how to do things and then I had a girl HR wait and the girl who, who actually did course with my assistant which I was teaching her and she was like, oh my God, I never learned so much in my course for human resources and I learned so much with you. And I was like, man, 
thanks to Google, life could be so much easier. Did you wow. tell her that you learned everything on Google or you like, no, I got no, this? No, 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 like, I did. I'm very open with people. Like okay. it's all about, you know, if you really want to get somewhere, like mm. down to the bottom, you can be at uni and you can you can attend all the um, tutorials and you can uh, attend the lectures. We don't listen to them and you mm. don't do your extra research at home. Like there is nothing really that gets into your head. What I did, I was reading every single day yeah. how to get stuff, how to file stuff, how to approach people when you fire them or when you hire them. Like there is so many things that are already out on internet and if you go through the reliable resources you can learn so much and human resource is about psychology so we had like eight staff when i uh, when i got into reception and uh, we got into 120 staff Jeez. in within a year so it was massive production we had our marketing team we had our sales department we have a financial department we have like a complaint customer service office and stuff like it just got into a very big company within one year mm. and I learned so fast because it was such a fast uh, paced environment, especially having a marketing and sales team. As you know, people are up and down all the time. So yeah. we always hire. I would have like like 90 interviews per week to have... 90? 90, 90 to train 30 people, 15 to split sales and marketing because only three would survive, let's say, months time. Wow. As you know, to get really good stuff. So sure. that, that gave me such a massive bonus to actually learn English in a professional way. Um, and then obviously Google searching also helps with the vocabulary. So fake it till you That's make incredible. it. That's incredible. So Literally. pretty much everything you've done in your life, you've seen, I want this thing. I will do anything in my power to get it. And then you've, then you got it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not easy. But no, definitely not. once you jump in, it's not that bad as it looks like. It just, it can't be lazy. Like at the end of the day, you just have to do your job, whether you're sick and angry, upset, missing your family. At the end of the day, it's your life. So if you want to make it happen for yourself, I had no choice. I wanted to get my residency. To get my residency, I couldn't do it if I would work as a receptionist for the rest of my life. Yeah. I had to do something and I, I went to, to Google my profession and I knew that I could get my residency if I do a good job in this particular area and I just I had to learn it. But you, had, you had some purpose there. So Definitely. Your, your, yeah, have the, to decisions, have a the decisions that you were making were fueled off what your end goal and purpose was. There's a lot of people out there who'd have no purpose. They don't know what their goal is. They don't know where they're going. So everything they're doing today has no mean to it at all. No meaning at all. So Yeah, which I can understand sometimes when you live in a, such a um, well-rounded country where a lot of things are provided and given to you mm. and everything is so pretty, you know, parks and beautiful opportunities that you have and people are more chilled with having no experience getting to the jobs and stuff. Like there's, I feel like Australia is a very um, giving country. Yeah. And if, if I, I don't know how I would be as a person if I would grow up here, mm. but knowing in my country you have to fight for your position because it's such a massive population. For one placing, you have 100 people interviewing for this position. Right. So you better be good at something, <laughs> be faster, smarter, or do something much better than another 99 mm. people to be selected for that particular role. So when you're growing up, all you need to do is to survive. And because yep. you have that in your mind, there is no other way around of just getting job done to be able to, to be noticed by someone you are one of the most fascinating people i've ever met before that's a positive thing thank you yes 
That's incredible. That's we've only just got it started. So we in human resources. When does the modeling and producing and dancing side of things come into the story? Sure. So with dancing, it started from the age of eighteen. Uh, on Star Now, I got approached by one of the um, dance studios mm-hmm. to coming as a teacher for kids, and I used to do ballroom um, dancing, and I used to. Um, I was in music school playing piano for about eight years. So back in Russia. Back in Russia. Okay. I so completed you had dancing experience. Yeah. Music experience. So you yeah. can bust out a piano. Yes. Wow. Not right now. I feel like no. I've been. Like well, we've got now. a piano here for you. Fresh is on. But I was. Um, That'd be awesome. It was. I had such a strict teacher with me, and I, I had only private tutoring with her. All the time because i used to start a, a lot and when i was a kid i would not say a word out loud and everyone was worried that at school obviously i, I can't say anything out mm. loud and if i have to like um read a poem i would turn around from the class to be able to read it but i would still start up so they parents sent me to music school and they had a private tutor with me all the time because i was embarrassed to be around with classes and people okay. and I, I would study for eight years and then i did uh dancing but only learning how to dance and then when i got approached um the studio in selenats i started to teach there and i did about two and a half years of teaching which i enjoyed a lot but i feel like kids taking a lot of energy because you're so consumed with them that i just shifted into doing some performances and picking up gigs just random friday saturday nights gigs and always had interest in this never really got into serious mode just kind of a side job and a side cash um, over the weekend. And having that, I always kind of have that happening for me. we dancing how it started because it's kind of all separate stories. Uh, with dancing, I was doing one of the show productions. Wasn't a big fan of the show. Mm. The dancers were great and I, I met my best friend, which is my best friend now. So um, she was talking to me and we did the, um, we did the production every time we will start the, um, we'll start the rehearsal. We had one Jewish guy and he will start the rehearsal with uh, guys. You know, I'm a friend of Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, we're gonna have a very, very bright future. So you work very hard and we will get to the moon with you. But when it comes to rehearsals and the shows, we were actually not getting anywhere. Like we couldn't get crowd in and stuff. Like it was a lot of marketing involved. It was super hard. Yeah, but he knew Leonardo DiCaprio, so it should have been exactly. Full. And the bright Besties. future that we've been hearing about, like it was yeah. really getting and getting molded in our brains. Bright. It wasn't that bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bright at all. But uh, my friend back in the time wasn't that friend yet. Mm. She said, uh, "Why won't you do your own thing? You're so good dancing." And I, t- I told her about choreography. I like choreography and I just got so many ideas in my head and this could be done better and this could be done better and she was like why don't you open your own thing I was like what do you mean like it's a like a big job if I open my own like like a dance entertainment company where like you provide shows yourself so don't dance for someone else do it for yourself and actually have dancers because I was like I don't feel like dancers were treated appropriately within our community I think we deserve more in terms of money, payments, gigs, costumes, outfits, rehearsals. Like I, I felt like a lot of things were missing while I was doing those gigs. And then she said, yeah, just do it. And I was like, oh, it sounds like a big job. I won't be able to do it on my own. And she was like, well, I can help you. And she is a ballroom champion in Europe. So she's wow. like a big deal. So I was like, well, okay, if you help me, 
maybe we can get it done. And within two months time, we came up with a name and then we start doing it. So that was like in 2018 when I actually opened up um, iCraft Dance Entertainment and registered the business and, and, and start getting in that field. With modeling, um, I, I couldn't get through my working sponsorship. It fell through. So I had notice of 28 days to leave the country. And when I tried to reapply for another sponsorship working visa, uh, I had a, a class B, which means uh, while I'm trying to get a sponsorship, I'm not allowed to work. And I had like a six months gap where actually legally I cannot be employed anywhere, which will drive me insane. And I just saw a random local beauty pageant competition where you can win 500 bucks. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> um, I need money. So and I think it was like 1,000 actually. Yeah. So it was like it was a real deal, okay? For me, yeah. it was a lot of money for cash. Quick grand. Yes. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, you know what? I can only try. So I got, it was like Miss Northern Beaches. I'm not even in the Northern Beaches. I was in Cronulla. I was shy girl. Yeah. But for the money... I'm happy to be so Northern Beaches. So you needed beaches. your passport to cross the bridge and you yes. went over to Northern Beaches. Yes. Wow. So I, I got in there. I had no idea what I was doing. I remember even my first bikini. It was so embarrassing. I had like a grandma cut, which is not allowed for beauty pageants these days. Like a grandma cut? Yeah. Like, you know, a like, grandma cut? A thick band. Like, like a thick, like no, a thick, thick one. Thick huge band. one. So you didn't go minimal. You went maximum. <laughs> no, because that's the only yeah. one I had. Like I never <laughs> thought I would be a, a model. My parents are very conservative. So to do modeling, it's like close to prostitution. Like you just wow. don't do it. Wow. So oh, it seems very rigid, the Russian lifestyle. So yeah. yeah. So you think put yourself out there. They're like, cut that. Exactly. Yeah. So my parents didn't know that I was actually doing dance gigs. And of course, they wouldn't imagine me doing any sort of modeling because, you know, like this is not, not, mm. not in our family. Like you know, we're much better than this. Your dad's a cop. Yeah. Yes. So I... No I, dating back in Russia. No dating. Not to zero. <laughs> yeah. Still yeah. now. Like, you know. Still now. <laughs> husband is a mystery. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking, God. joking. No, no, no. Exist. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he's still there. He's in the picture. Yeah. Um, we love you, husband. We love yeah. you. <laughs> so what happens is I go through this beauty pageant experience with my granny bikini on. And I remember I made such a bad mistake. They said to come up with a beautiful, cool idea where mm. you wear your bikini, have like a, a cool on like a prop to you. So it's not just like a boring bikini because grandma is not boring, obviously, enough. So I, I decided to buy a fur from Zara. And when on the MC asked me, I said, so uh, Valeria, tell us, like, is this fur real? In <laughs> Russia, in Russia, you have to say, yes, it's a real fur. It's very expensive. It's cool. In Australia, it's opposite. Yeah. It was artificial, $40 fur, but I said it was real. So the crowd were like, ooh. And I was like, what did I say wrong? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and my, my partner after said, he was like, you don't say it's real. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but in Russia, it's cool. Like, you know, real deal. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. No, no, people didn't like it, didn't support me. So I, I was not going very, like, very good with this competition, but I did place third. So I was second runner up through this first local pageant that I did and I won like 500 um, cash on the night. And then I thought, mm-hmm, I found a way to make my money. Yep. So I decided to, how rude. That is rude. So rude. How rude. Any mortgage brokers? They, they don't know what <sighs> a move is, right? Mine's on do not disturb. <laughs> exactly. It's always mine. Far out. Yeah. It's no, a bit of a consistency money. in there. <laughs> Stephen, give me money. <laughs> Let's continue. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm. I got my first cash, yep. and you know what? For six months, I I actually picked up a few random jobs because there were some judges at the panel um, that weren't um, 
the one of the models for the uh, brands yep. and, and they just asked me to come in for a shoot. So I shot for one person, shot for another and then the pictures I was posting it on Instagram, Facebook and then a few people also messaged me and like some of the friends said, oh, now you do modeling. They want to come in and model for, for my brand. And I was like very cheap money, like very low rate, something very basic or like TPF and stuff. So I did a few of jobs like this and I just got into the good speed and I picked up a few jobs. And I feel like within three, four months, I progressed much better with my poses and stuff. And I just started to pick up more jobs for like Star Now and all the online, um, online platforms. And that's how I got into modeling. Very randomly, didn't expect it to do it at any point of time. But because I started to get the jobs, I felt like maybe I could be good at and just develop my skill from this. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I entered my first pageant slash like a bikini competition. It was back in the time, it was Miss Supercars. Now yeah. they got rid of this uh, competition because of the grid girls now, not, not a part of the scene anymore. So back in the time you fly to Gold Coast and you do your grid duties and then you do one week of uh, finals with all the girls there. And that's how uh, I got into pageant and got sent like to China, to Egypt, to Dominican Republic to compete for the country. Wow. So yeah. That's incredible. Jumping do you, from do thing you to thing. Do you agree with people taking away good girls considering it is a part of their income and they get to go to a pageant after? Do you think it was a, a good move getting rid of good girls? No, I don't support they get rid of the Greek yeah. girls. I feel like it's a part of a culture. Yeah. Like I've seen it. It's it's fun. It's cars. It's, you know, it's it's a sexy picture. You've got cars. You've got girls there. You've got the girls with a flag. Like the girls don't do anything. They don't distract the, the drivers. Yeah. They just at the very beginning. Distract me. They, they, we're literally there for a few minutes. <laughs> wave the flag and get the hell out of that scene. That's it. The rest is done on another side. But it's mm. just, it was cool because we actually had, we were, parading in the cars with with uh, um, with drivers mm. so you get to meet one of the driver because there's a driver in the middle at the back and then you've got your two grid girls so you've got opportunity to chat with them and get <laughs> yeah. to know them yeah. now she's photo. married <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, is it's, your husband a driver <laughs> <laughs> he drives range rover yes oh, okay. he's a driver okay but he's, he's got not a full race license car. he's, not a, he's, he's a, got he's, full license so he's not a race car driver no but he can be <laughs> on the Sydney roads he's not too bad you know okay yeah he drives the speed limit yep so when you traveled around doing the pageants which was there a particular contest that was for was it yes so it all different pageants the okay. first one I won was Australian pageant so it was Miss Rush Australia mm -hmm. I was representing two cultures which gave me a lot of opportunities because you because you compete for a few weeks You've got you're meeting a few judges, you're meeting people with the different brands, and then one one brand picks you from the from the uh, group of girls, then someone else will pick you from that shoot and stuff, and that's how your jobs pretty much started to flow your way. So it was a good way to do it a very fast um, track to get to the modeling jobs instead of going through casting calls with thousands of girls waiting mm -hmm. in the line. You go through the pageant if you place somewhere good, let's say top three, top five you're going to get jobs regardless and you can put your rate higher because you place somewhere. So it was a, a good shortcut for me to get into modeling without going through the casting and going through the agency because in agencies, there's so many girls on the books. You have to be a personal favorite for these agents for them to promote you rather than the other 50 girls that I have on the books. Yeah, wow. So like building your resume up. 
literally that, that was my through way hard work, yeah, yeah that, that was my way to 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 get through the modeling jobs because i knew that would be my shortcut to get through because i as a dancer i know how to walk i just wasn't good with my personality i guess that i have to work with or like poses and stuff so yeah. that all developed through and and because it's such a very high pressure environment you learn very fast yep. you're on stage for your two minutes you better do it good now so you, you get on the stage, you come back, and I was like, oh, you know what, that wasn't good, that was too fast, I don't have to rush it, I have to look through every single judge and look at them and give them an appreciation note or something and then do your job properly. So you come back and you get better and better. Getting confidence on stage will get you much better with your confidence behind the scenes of doing just still photos because it is much easier than doing the walking, present yourself with with a few people that you have in front of you as the uh, panel of judges. So I, and then the competition that got me through with the Proc and Leisure, which is Miss Supercars, Miss Maxim uh, magazine. Um, and then they have uh, Face of Origin, which happens during the State of Origin competition. Right. They send me over to China <laughs> and I place first runner up, second in the vault for their pageant. Um, really? I think there was like 40 girls with me and that was my first international one when I felt a little bit of confidence at the same time. It was different culture, so different attitude and stuff. Um, Chinese are much more strict with things they do, so it was a much tougher shuttle. So when I came back from China after like a month there, Australian competitions felt much easier for me and I was doing much better here because you know what? If you complain in China, there's no way... Like you can survive any other pageants because they are <laughs> super, super strict on you. Like they don't care. Like you wake up at 3 a.m. and you're up on your wow. feet until 12 a.m. And then you have your two, three hours sleep and then you line up having your shower. And if you don't have a chance to have a shower, you come back and you do the job. So it's like wow. a full on all sponsors required activities that we do or photo shoots throughout the day. And because you have your 40 girls, it just takes the whole day to yeah, do wow. all the activities and stuff. So. I went there, compete. So first run up, not a winner, but I went to uh, Dominican Republic to compete for TV reality show slash beauty pageant Miss Multiverse, and then I won that world title back in back in 2020, and that was my other big title that got me a few jobs and got me into becoming a, a producer um, for a TV show here in Australia, which we filmed last year. And what's that show called? So it's called Miss Multiverse Australia. Yeah, okay. It's so, a bit of a yeah. different concept to uh, a regular pageant. And I absolutely fell in love with the concept because when you look at, let's say, Miss Universe or all these well-known pageants, you will have no idea who would be the winner because everyone looking super pretty and stunning. And I was yeah. like, well, how? What's what type of judgments they're going through? Is it like a personal liking? And then by majority, they're going to pick the most good-looking girl in their eyes. It's super tricky and hard. Where it comes to Miss Multiverse... Girls are already pretty. Everyone knows this. And there's no doubt that they are, they are amazing. Their looks are given and the figures are incredible. What we do is we're taking them through different challenges. And as a model, I guess the main issue within our industry is the attitude and how you pursue doing your job, how people enjoy shooting you and how you doing your job delivering the results they, they, um, that they needed from you. So we take them through a roller coaster of different challenges, starting with IQ test, doing fitness challenge and wait until the last girl completely dies on that field. And then you can only give up from the challenge. You can't just quit. So if you quit, you're gone and you place yourself somewhere at the back row. And if you stay until the end, you're going to be the last woman standing. That's our one of our fitness challenges, which were like the hardest one to do. Wow. 
you do like marketing challenge, you do your social media challenges, you do shoots, but you don't do a beauty shoot, you do a shoot with obstacles. So you do like a wild animal shoot. You go underwater, which is much harder. Obviously you oh, can't wow. breathe and still have to have like a very short period of time when you can impress your photographer and stuff. So the judges are not the guys that are sitting by the panel and judge how you look and how your body look. Yeah. Is a lot of different elements to it. Whether you listen to your photographer who will be the judge of how you progress in your photo shoot. IQ test, obviously, if you hit a high mark during your intellectual challenge, great. If you didn't do very well, you're going to play somewhere at the bottom. And with the girls, someone who's so good looking and pretty and confident, they're sitting down every day with me during the interview. And after the three challenges every day, I ask them the same question. How do you think you're going throughout your challenges? Do you think you're at the top? And some girls said, well, I've been, I'm obviously the most good looking one, so I don't think I'm going to be struggling. And then day two, and she is not confident about the, the IQ test. And because we don't give out results straight away, oh, she's wow. sitting there thinking. She was like, my photo shoot was incredible. I know this, but I'm not sure about the IQ. Like, I haven't done it before, and I'm not sure about this one. And then the next challenge, we had like a scary box challenge where the girls have to put their hands in the box, and then not, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. This one was tricky because someone's so pretty, don't want to look ugly in front of camera when you're going with your with your hands in there so they're like trying to do it cute but then they they might just say oh, we're not going to proceed with the challenge because then i'm not looking going to look my best or like during the fitness challenge they don't want to sweat they want everyone if people um to see them looking pretty wow so you so can't you, they don't want to sweat they don't want to sweat so oh, a lot okay. of girls trying that hard but they're not concentrating on the task how like, do you try really hard not to sweat like if you're you competing just, in a high intensity like do you have to think like don't sweat, don't sweat, don't they sweat. Just, they just One don't do it. One bead comes yeah, down your face. <laughs> they don't do, just don't do it properly. They don't do it properly. I think she means they just half-ass it and then they um, just give up before yeah, they, they have give to up. They yeah, give yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So we had a few girls giving up and some girls that went hardcore nailed it and they mm. didn't care how they look in front of cameras because cameras are everywhere. So I like that. Yeah, it's like psychologically interesting and you know what? A lot of people consider someone that is good looking and pretty like, well, how would they have struggles? They're like, you know, yeah. living their fancy best life style. And then you're getting them in the scene, kind of survivor slash top model vibe. And then the, you're looking, you look into the girls who are so confident, are actually questioning if they are actually that good looking and that confident. Yeah, wow. And then gives such an anxiety to their personality that most girls just cry throughout our interviews because they just couldn't handle the pressure of placing themselves to like, to either one to five, to top 10, to top 17. So it's how very many girls with it? Because this is the show here. So oh, many, yes. Oh, I mean, wow. Oh, yeah. oh, you see, I've got my photo just to make sure I've got extra marketing. I was going to ask you if that was you. Yeah, that was yeah. like, I know, I've got makeup on. That's yeah. Fine. You've got a Taylor, Taylor Swift vibe going on. Yeah, that's there. what I was yeah? thinking. you got more yeah. Taylor Swift vibe going. Can you sing yeah. too? Uh, no, pretty horrible day. Pretty horrible. I can just do a bit of dancing, so I guess. So you competed in this show overseas and now you're a producer in yes. Australia. Yes. Awesome. How did that come about? Did you propose it to them or did they come to you? Cause no, no. I was very close with the lady who was running it. And back in that, uh, when I was competing in the Dominican Republic, I won IQ Challenge. I won Fitness Challenge. I won Marketing Challenge. I won Leadership Challenge and something with management. Yep. So I pretty much hit all the marks when it comes to leadership and running the, like, whatever they were doing. And the lady was, keep coming up to me, just talking about everything. And I was running some fashion shows here locally in Australia. And because I run my dance company, obviously know how to organize events 
mm-hmm. run things, run people and help out with organizational side of things. Mm-hmm. I love it. I never like there's a lot of uh, issues and, you know, yes. Yeah. So me and Jessica competed same year and she came first runner up second and I came first. So that was 2020. Yeah. Awesome. So she represented her country. So, um, what where, I was where was she from? Australia. Oh, so, so she's in Australia. So okay. she was Australia. I represented Russia when I was in 2020. It was my last chance to represent Russia before things went south for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so Russia's had a bad run, haven't they? Yeah, I know. Olympics. So I'm just undercover Aussie for now. Undercover. Yeah, you're the shining star of Russia. <laughs> you're that could all be your nickname. You're all they shining have right star now. Russia. You're the last hope. Literally, literally. <laughs> um, so you helped produce the show and has it finished filming? Yes. So we filmed in March 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're at final stages of editing. So what we did is I traveled interstate to select the best of the best we have in each state to represent Australia for potential international competition. And then we got them all together in Sydney um, to leave in the mansion altogether. We we got top 17 girls mm. and they were all living together for 10 days and that's where all the filming took place with all the challenges that we um, uh, came up with. Wow. And where's so this aired? Yeah, is this a release date? Yeah, so it's going to be aired and stream on Amazon Prime. Okay. The release date is, is, not, um, is not up to discussion yet, but it will be um, somewhere this year. So that's interesting. Yeah, I would even watch that. It'd be a fun watch. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it'd be fun. That yeah, no, I, awesome. I obviously I've seen it. Yeah, you've done it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and you're it's like the harsh. You're like one of the harsh judges there telling. I them do. To do I do have some. Bring out some, your Russian. You know what? I wanted to get myself out of the scene as yeah. much as possible, yeah. but because I got so involved in some of the arguments, and I had to step <laughs> out <laughs> and do my my separate interviews mm. to the camera to explain that. It is a pageant. People are getting judged and people are getting judged everyday uh, life. You know, we're getting judged when we're applying for a job. Sure. We're getting judged where we go at the cafe and, I don't know, we dress not appropriate. Or On social media, we get judged. Yeah, like you're getting judged everywhere. But a lot of girls going into pageants sometimes don't realise that they can't handle the judgment mm. in that environment because it's like a, a snippet and a... And a it's like a close-up and a zooming-in version of... You know, judgment towards your personality, the way you look, and everything you do yeah. by different people. So it hits you even harder. Mm. So a lot of girls entering the pageant and telling me during the casting, saying that I would like to empower different women to feel confident about themselves and feel great in their own skin going into this pageant. And day four, they're crying out loud, saying, I don't like to be judged. And then I got into <laughs> my interview. Yeah, and I got into my interview and saying, girls, sales story, eh? if you are deep inside, not confident, this pageant is not for you. You go into pageant not to feel good about yourself. You go into pageant to compete because you think you can bring something to the table and then you use that platform to advocate, let's say, mm-hmm. if it's empowerment, go for it, woman. But if you know deep inside and you know you're not confident, don't go there because it's just going to make it worse for you and for everyone who is watching. It's just it's not going to be a, a healthy way to, to get into the pageant because I see a lot of girls trying to go in the pageant mm. to bring their self-confidence because they're going to be on stage, they're going to have some photos, they think they're going to go confident. Mm. And then after pageant, I see them and they are in the deepest depression ever. 
wow. and they can't get out of it for months after that. So what wow. would be, and it seems like, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're a role model for a, a group of, of people, um, probably what young females who want to be successful, who want to be part of the modelling, dancing or pageant um, sort of industry. So if you were sitting here as a mentor and you were chatting to a group of girls right now, what would you say to the girls um, in front of you? What would be the most important thing right now for them? That they're, they're, they're in this position. Yeah. They want to be maybe in your position or they want to do bigger and greater things. But what are the biggest struggles and what would you tell them? Sure. I, I hope I can be a role model mm. for those girls and people that are looking up to me in, in, in some way. I guess the main thing to concentrate is their non-comparison to others because we're all going through different stages of life. Yep. Just because I am at my stage of life where, let's say, I just want a pageant, not necessarily mean that I'm doing much better than that girl because her time haven't come yet or maybe her purpose in life is completely different. And being in pageants myself, I haven't been placed first in many other pageants that I haven't uh, haven't, haven't competed in. And when I didn't place in those pageants, there was no a thought of me saying that, you know, I'm going through a depression moment now because I'm not good enough. I definitely, I did feel like I have to do so much better sure. than I'm doing now, which yeah. is very normal. Like in any job, you're going into the job, you're getting your experience, you're getting much better within time. It's the same with pageants you're not supposed to compare yourself with anyone else everyone goes through different stages you're going to have your time you're going to have your luck which is also a part of a percentage of success in anything we do you just need to be placed within the right time right people around you and the right um, mind frame to be where you should be and then sometimes people are working super hard for years and they don't don't see the result but it might take you 10 years, it might take you one year. You never know. All you have to do is to do your best. And stay in your, and stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, 100%. Like I, myself, I see some people get more lucky than me in some sense. Never ever I thought a bit of a jealousy towards them yeah. because you know it's their life. They might be lucky at something and they might not be lucky of having two parents like I have. I have two parents and they both love me. Yeah. Like just basics, you know. Like everyone's got their good things and bad things in life and then if you just progress in your own path and then you just keep smashing your own goals 100 percent, it will pay back you're one step further you know you're always one step yeah. further and i think you know Stephen and i have always had the mindset that we can graduate success um because behind the scenes is what a lot of people don't see and this is why we're so focused on running in your own lane yeah. because the people in their other lanes they don't have the detailed documentary of what's going on in your life to be able to, to, to yeah. get that success. So being in your own lane, being original to you and not diversifying too much into other people's stuff, typically you're going to get there one step at a time. 100%. And sometimes you do think, let's say, I want to be a pageant queen and then do everything and you're just not getting placed and it's like been seven years of your life you're not there and the time is ticking because you've got your age limit to yeah. apply for these pageants. It might mean that you progressed so well that your cutwalk is sensational that people are going to be asking you to be a cutwalk trainer for all these girls. Yep. 
and then you end up to be a trainer for all this amazing pageants that you've been you've been a part of and you're going to be doing so much more with with that and you never know where it will take you but because you've been doing so good and you're putting your hard work it paid off not in the in the way that you were putting yourself in but in a completely different angle but it could be even better but life will do that life yeah. will drag you in different directions that you didn't yeah. expect exactly you know, so as, as long as you you keep pushing you don't know which door's going to open but it will open if you are doing the right thing persistent enough yeah well talk about opening doors i have seen i've got some props here you've been on the front cover of some magazines yes now what magazines are these and how did it come about was it just bookings and upon bookings you get a new job and then yes follows on? so lofisal we got glamour lofisal actually one of my mom's favorite magazine when i was a kid so she would buy every single um she would have been proud of that one she was so happy. Yeah. She, I had to send her like ten thousand copies so she can spread it across uh, Moscow. Uh, uh, brown hair. No, it's it's just the lighting, and it was really the day was horrible. It was yeah, right. overcast, and it was it's like it's filmed. It was done in um, Bay next to airport at Mascot. Yep. Super doom day. No lighting. Like That's it right. was just yeah, it was just horrible day. I've <laughs> so. got an original copy here of Glamour. And yes. it's still in its Glamour. plastic. So this is like a volume one. That calls Limited yeah. edition. Special. <laughs> special edition. Hasn't been opened. It's barely been touched. Um, was this the first front cover you've been on? Or have you, were you on other no, covers No, I have, I have Graz as well, which I didn't bring. I'm sorry. Yep. I was rushing into today. That's my second one. I think La Ficelle and Glamour was the last one. How did you feel the first time you saw yourself on the front of a magazine? You would imagine to say like I was so happy and excited. I looked at it and I was like, what am I doing next? Awesome. So I did not feel, I, I guess that's something that is lacking within my personality. I don't give myself enough credit. I don't have time for it. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> no, no, not I like, love that. No, no, I mean I like, I that. don't <laughs> feel like I have to no, sit down and talk about it. I was like, mm, how good looking we're looking. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> if someone, sometimes photographers show me photos of me, it, in my eyes, I look boring and the same. So I ask someone else to pick it for me because I, I don't get excited yeah. looking through my photos. So when they do the job, I, I get into the hands of creatives and I'm just like a code hanger or a person who's just delivering the job of movement mm. to them to get that perfect shot. I enjoy the process of the shoot and then achieving the result. It ended up on such an amazing cover and I love it, but I don't sit down at home patting myself saying woman so no ego stroking going on yeah. no i'm very like yeah. I, for, for me it's thing. like yeah for me like yeah. okay this is done what are we doing next like yeah. hurry, hurry up, up. like go. why <laughs> are we delaying <laughs> the hurry next thing that. so that's why we're all friends here because we can't sit still no correct no, no, <laughs> actually i read i read it is, one a, of the pages it is amazing achievement though so you should yeah. be congratulated for it because it is it is awesome thank you thank you oh, oh definitely wouldn't happen without amazing photographer video photographer makeup hairstylist stylist with all these clothes and designs and brands that got involved yep. it's such a big job like you look at it and then you only can appreciate the model but the team is massive behind it yeah, and it's like if right. my makeup is not going to be done right I might but not. it's very cool that that whole team was there for you yeah like you had all the attention that day and you created that opportunity didn't didn't yeah. fall off a tree no no um, definitely and i cry i crave Dancing and tape. Really struggling with the names today. I am. Hey. You crave dancing. 
I crave dancing. I yes. do. I just want to do a bit and of the dance. Yes. No, wow. I crave dancing and entertainment. Wow. Um, a statement. What are some examples of the things that you guys do at your company? Sure. So, as I mentioned, started all in 2018. Mm-hmm. We're trying to pretty much spread our dancing skills, not into a particular field of of dance environment so we do corporate events wedding entertainment when you need dancers for your most special day in life um we go through festivals and um i created a cabaret show since last year that was oh, something wow. that i really want to do uh, that's my husband by the way just a bit of a credit oh, just here yeah just is he a musician so he he is in the construction industry but he's got his side gig um he's a musician he plays guitar and, and sings yeah awesome so in our family he's a singer and i'm a he's dancer he's a good looking dude <laughs> he's not bad actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's his name anthony 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 you're not bad <laughs> you go all right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do obviously awesome. special acts, some fire and some crazy right. like zorbing ball and stuff. Oh, a few little like Brazilian showgirls and stuff yeah, like that. So bit pretty of much, yeah, so Yeah. Samba. Yes. Love it. Yes, Martin Glass should be in special act. Yeah. Love that. So what we're trying to do instead of the client comes to us and they're asking, so what are you guys doing? I'm asking them what they would like to see. There is no restriction of what type of talent. If you scroll down. Yes, in the special act, maybe down below. Fire breathing stuff. We got fire. This guy won the best one in Australia. Incredible. So you're like pretty much like an agency for performing arts. Yes. And then right. said the, the main point of difference, people coming up to us and if they tell me what they want, what type of artist they want, I will find that person. Yeah, wow. Whether it's a special skill and they need some circus trained performers or they need a dance routine, I'll ask them what their favorite song yeah what style they are admire the most and we'll create this so i'll put the choreography together and and then i will i'll put my dances together i'll put the costumes and outfits i've got like 400 outfits in my studio and i'll dress them all up and then create the the look for them yeah wow. when i saw the thing up there saying flash mob i automatically thought about that crazy thing online you know that you know that flash mob that was around for like a while and everyone just sat still and like nodded and then it just dropped into the song and everyone went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? It was like you, everywhere. Like, like the military did overseas too. Yeah. Like everyone's sitting it's a there lot of the flash song. mobs. Like it's Johnson very Harlem popular Shake. with the with Harlem Shake. That's what that was. Yeah, they call it the Harlem Shake that was flash like mob. 2012. Oh, cool. <laughs> How funny yeah. was that though? I saw the word I was flash still a baby. mob. I couldn't get out of <laughs> Yeah, me too. Oh <laughs> my god. Right, so that's awesome. Would you be able to get a string quartet if I wanted to have like a party and have a string quartet, a violinist? Yeah. Is that possible? Yes, definitely. Anything's possible with this young lady. I've been wanting to do that. Yeah, that's that's the only thing is that I don't like agencies coming and telling you what they have. Yeah. I like to see what they're after because I have the circle of all these talented people and I can create it for you, whatever you want to do instead. So I always ask, what would you like to see? Yep any any creative ideas and then i'll throw some ideas into and i have some amazing people and so talented people around me will create something like it's it's not a, a choreography that is ready to go and done it's something that will be created for that particular event and make it as special as possible that's awesome i could have used this a number of times in the past definitely that's and, and and a popular popular business like this is this is 
It's definitely Doing popular. Well. Yeah. I feel like in Europe and America, it's much more appreciated yeah. with live entertainment and events. Sure. Yeah. But I feel like because Australia is not exposed to what could be provided and given, they mm. haven't seen that yet. Sure. They don't know if they can ask for it. So my job is to provide as much entertainment if they're going to like different uh, events and then they see one of our shows. I was like, hmm, that looks cool. I want to do that too. But instead of this, I might want to like add something else. And then we can create that space yeah, wow. for them. That's amazing. Oh, it's always really nice going to an event and having some type of performance happening in the yeah. background. It really brings everything together and yeah. creates a beautiful vibe. Can we go to better videos? This is like old, three, four yeah, years Yeah, can we old. go to the new stuff, mate? Far if out. you go back, Come on, Brendan. show you some Brendan. Like, like Michael Jackson type of show that we Ma- yeah, done recently Jackson. during <laughs> the um, gala night. For I, the hope well, well, <laughs> I hope it's not full service. Who's getting that up? I hope it's not full service, Michael Jackson. While he's getting that up, so... Is all this information on your Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? All right, my Instagram handle is. Is, is, is it one of like? The, is it an easy one to? It's an easy one oh if you can gosh. spell my name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'll it's not it gonna up. happen with you. Right, <laughs> 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 oh, Steven, might pick it up. You're done. <laughs> I am quite. All right, I my Instagram's quite. ready. What is it? Uh, uh, Valeria V A L. Yes. E R. Yep. I A. Yeah, I've got it. Already. Already got it. Look at that. It's over. Proved yeah. you wrong. Yes. That's what I do, prove people wrong. That's it, that's you. <laughs> yes, that's me. If you don't oh, mind following us. There you go, on the camera. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'll yeah, consider sure. following do, do I get a follow back or? I'll, I'll think about it. She has to see. <laughs> she has to see. It has to be, the ratio has to be okay. Wow. How many people are following her and how many people she's following. So, All right, so everyone, jump onto the social media and have a look at all this stuff here on Instagram. You'll, you'll see the whole story. A really impressive Instagram too. Look at this. Sorry, more. I think it's like for the video. No, this is awesome. Sorry, on the right-hand side. Oh, there was that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Get out of it then. So, so for people on Spotify, we're trying to find a Michael Jackson performance. This is awesome. Do I put him down? Down, 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 down. <sighs> oh, okay, maybe special act. Sorry, because it is a special floor work. What are you going to do? Oh, okay. Yeah, so can you shit. go to the right hand side all the way? So I'm not the one obviously doing the website, otherwise I would know better. <laughs> Is that all the way? Okay, sorry. You get out of it then. Ooh, uh, that, we can go YouTube. It's definitely somewhere there. Just don't know where it's exactly and was placed. And While we're doing a Michael Jackson performance. And what, and yeah, it's just one of the gala nights. So there was the one, the most recent one. Mm-hmm. We've got 13 dancers and look pretty awesome. And it's very iconic, obviously. I've, I've big Don't want to put it on Michael my Jackson. phone, Brendan. I can, I can share it up there. Or oh, you got it. And I've read somewhere that um, either you or... I Crave Dance and Entertainment did shows with some DJs. Was that you personally who yes. with the DJs? Yes, yes. Um, I dance with Timmy Trumpet, Will Sparks and all our yeah, wow. Aussie stars. But when it comes to international events, number four. There we go. When it comes to international events like Transmission, that was a recent event with 20,000 people. Wow. We got the gig and I've got my six dancers, including myself. Really? Performing with that. How do you get that gig? have to be nice to people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been attacked this whole time. I've never been attacked more in my life. How good is this? So to, to all the people out there who love to 
put on a proper show, go on to I Crave Dance and Entertainment. This is the real deal. There's a full Michael Jackson production happening on our back screen here on YouTube. And this is a proper choreographed routine. Yep. Yeah, like we do like showgirls and obviously very themed to a particular event because it was the gala night. We really mixed it up with some different type of entertainment. This would be great for corporate stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Corporate corporate people are the ones actually looking, particularly on that style or like Gatsby kind of vibe. Wow. Mm. Uh, like super that. popular within that field. But as I said, if you haven't seen that could be created in Sydney, no. how, would you, how would you know it could be booked? And I've seen so many people that actually haven't even heard about it. So mm. to spread the word. I and I, I've been looking for um, a string court here for a while, actually. And I've been yeah. hard to to find but there's a couple of places there and a couple of other ideas i've gotten yeah for events but yeah i've never had there's no one central place that you can go and say hey i want to build this how do yeah. we do it so can you please yeah. find a string quartet not right now no no i'll, right I'll finish the podcast i wanted to see the full experience give me a couple of months we get a string quartet yeah i think we could do it for birthday but they have to be able to play Post Malone. Wow. On, on okay. the string quartet. Really? Cool. Want, like, a sick I'm a bit vibe. Of yeah, no, we I don't want classical. Yeah. yeah. So, so cool. <laughs> oh, well, no, well, really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, thanks for your efforts getting over here. I know it was uh, a bit of travel, but, you know, it was a really cool insight. I think, you know, we were quite excited to, you know, to have you on after we read your impressive resume. Um, and... I think it's been a really cool experience to have our first female on the podcast. How cool Ooh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And, <laughs> and, and she made fun of and she made fun of me the whole time. Which is great. <laughs> Honestly, there's no better podcast than to make fun of Stephen yeah, for a whole cool. hour. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. No, thank you guys. So, no, I appreciate you having me today. Awesome. Yeah. And good luck with fun. all your endeavors endeavors. You've got lots going on. And uh, I love that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I look forward to watching this program. Is it Multiverse? Miss, right. Miss Multiverse. Multiverse. Yes. yes. On Amazon Prime. 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 Soon. Great. Oh, any other God. any other um, promotions or Instagram handles you want to shout out before we finish the podcast? Yeah, maybe our uh, I Crave Entertainment page. Yep. It's a little bit yeah. easier than my name. It's just yep. I Crave Entertainment. We've learned that the hard way. With the letters haven't that we, it should be there. Haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> we learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no it's been a really fun experience today and um, no thank you so much for taking the time out really appreciate it and i hoped and we all hope to connect somewhere in the future so thank you so much and um i think that's a wrap for today mate thank awesome. you brendan thanks Stephen. Thanks, brendan. Thank and you. Uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode thank you so much thank you